Hush, hush, somebody's calling your name. Hush, hush, somebody's calling your name. Hush, oh my Lord, oh my Lord, what can it be? In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. When was being called by name something that changed your life? Can you remember one or more times when hearing the sound of your name has shifted or stirred something deep inside of you? Maybe it's a memory of the voice of a parent or a grandparent or another adult who loved you as a child. Maybe it's remembering the sound of hearing your name from the person you have just fallen wildly in love with. Maybe it's just remembering the sound of a new friend saying your name for the first time. I can easily remember at least three special times in my life First, as a child, when my father would sing the four of us to sleep every night, he always worked our names into at least one of the songs. And then the first time I knelt at an altar rail and someone said, Lisa, this is the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. And finally, when our daughter was a baby, the first time she looked up at me and said, Mama Lisa. There is just something so deep and primal about being called by name. As we think back on those times in our lives, I wonder if it's about being reminded of who we are at our very core, a reminder of our belovedness. In other words, I wonder if being called by name helps reconnect us with something so core and fundamental to our sense of self that it can actually help reorient us at times, especially at times when we are locked in fear or grief or disappointment or uncertainty. Maybe hearing the sound of our name is like an internal compass helping realign us to true north. I don't know about you, but I need that reminder of my true north many, many times. I need to be brought back to me, or truth be told, my better me, my beloved me, the Lisa that is known and loved by God in spite of my floundering, controlling, manipulated, often fear-based self. So how does being called by name relate to this resurrection story in the gospel from John that we just heard? I have found myself wondering what might have been going on for Mary when Jesus finally turns to her and simply says, Mary. At the beginning of the story, we hear Mary Magdalene travels to the tomb Yet when she arrives, she finds that the stone ceiling of the tomb is now rolled away and the tomb is completely empty. Then she runs all the way back to the city to tell Simon Peter and another disciple 
of this startling and horrific discovery. They, in turn, race to the tomb, literally, followed by Mary, who then remains in the burial garden as the two men go back to their homes. By now, Mary must have been at her wit's end and exhausted, afflicted by equal measures of grief and confusion. I can relate to that moment, can't you? To say that we know how she feels might be a bit of a stretch, but we too do have moments of grief and confusion, don't we? Things that should have been are simply not. Plans that have been carefully crafted are upturned. Even a necessary grieving process has been interrupted by unseen and uncontrollable events. Sometimes nothing seems fair or right or even understandable. We can get that. Mary must have been, as we say, a red-hot mess just about then. When we are in that place as well, we could be described as being out of our minds. And in that moment, Mary was definitely not in a good way. So much so, in fact, that when she peers into the tomb through her tears, she sees two angels in white. She doesn't even have enough sense, it seems, to be afraid or indignant or even curious about what might be happening. Have you ever lost a best friend, a soulmate, a brother, a sister, a parent, or a child? Someone who simply made you a better person by being in the world. And can you imagine going to visit the grave of that loved one only to find that they are no longer there? It would probably be a moment of true shock and despair. And in that same state of shock, Mary turns around, nearly bumps into Jesus himself, the one whose body she is seeking, and she is still too stuck in the trauma of recent events to recognize him. Then perhaps in one of the most beautiful and meaningful moments in all of Scripture, it happens. It's just a moment, but one that I suspect changes Mary's life forever. It is so small, but so big at the same time. Small because it happens quickly, and big because of the power to change a life. Jesus looks at her and says, Mary. And in that instant, in that instant, she says, Rabuni. She recognizes her teacher and her friend. That's it. Just the sound of her name seems to pierce her grief enough to break through and draw her back to her beloved self. Or maybe we should say it draws her forward into a new world, a new sense of herself and her relationship to Jesus and, by extension, the God of love. It's hard to imagine all the emotions that must have coursed through Mary in that moment. How can such grief morph so quickly into something so amazing? What transpires for Mary is something that we, all these centuries later, still can't 
quite articulate, but somehow collectively we yearn to know and believe through our experience and sense of the divine. What we do know is that her shift takes form in a moment of conversion. What was lost was more than found, and that might have been enough this morning, but the story doesn't end there and neither do we. No, after only a brief moment to savor this encounter, the risen Christ gives Mary clear instructions to go tell others. So Mary races back to the city once again, this time announcing to the other disciples and the world, I have seen the Lord. And with those five words, I believe it could be argued that Mary Magdalene is actually the first Christian preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. So perhaps the questions for us gathered here this Easter morning are questions like this. What has us so paralyzed and traumatized or confused or frustrated or angered today that needs to be cracked open and healed? What is creating the tomb of our lives that we are ready to be released from? Is there something going on deep in our hearts or in our families or in our jobs or in the world that has us paralyzed and unable to move forward in love? Maybe it's war or political discourse or terrorism or unemployment or natural disasters. There are so many things to choose from. Maybe it's the grief of losing a loved one or hearing the diagnosis of a terminal illness or the pain of ending a relationship. And maybe it's just the uncertainty of the future or a painful past. There are so many things that keep us locked in fear on any given day, diminishing our lives and paralyzing us right now where we stand. I think, though, that it is from that very same place that there is an invitation that just maybe we might be set free by the sound of hearing a voice calling us by name, pulling us forward when we can't make that journey on our own. Think back for a moment to the examples you might have remembered about being called by name. And now think about our sister Mary. Consider what might happen in our lives and in the world, imagine, if you will, if we felt called by name to spread the good news of a love so fierce not even death can wipe it out. Our lives might be forever changed if we embrace that love and the way of being known by God is real and palpable in all of our lives. I believe we are called by God who came to us in Jesus not to die for our sins, but to show us how to live and how to love as he did. Jesus left us with a blueprint, a simple but profound set of instructions. When asked by his disciples what was the greatest commandment of them all, if we can only remember one thing, Jesus, what would you have us know? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, 
and love your neighbor as yourself. This is our mandate on this Easter morning and on every day as well. This is why Jesus was killed, and this is why God conquered death. For love, love that has no bounds, love that is bigger than anything we could ever ask or imagine. This is the Easter message, my friend. Love wins, always, period. Love wins. We are like Mary. We are called by name and sent to proclaim that truth through living out an outrageously bold and radical kind of love in the world. So run, don't walk, and share that good news. Love wins, always, period, no exceptions. Imagine all the people living for today. They might say that we are dreamers. I know we're not the only ones. So come join us, and we will live as one. He is risen. May it be so.